Before we jump into the episode, I wanted to let you know about something that is so exciting that we have on the forefront. We will soon be releasing a course called Brand Belief, which is all about how to build a brand that you and your clients believe in. This goes far beyond just selecting a logo and a few colors to go with it. This is an intuitive journey about your customers' needs, their desires, their values, and how you can make their lives easier through the services that you provide. This is about how you can be of service in this world through a brand that has both longevity and legacy attached to it. Click the link in the description. That will tell you a bit more information and it will allow you to sign up so that you can be notified when this course is launching. Now we hope you enjoy the episode. Hi Great. everyone, Ariana here from Wellfed Photography and I'm joined by the amazing Cole Humphus. If you're watching via video, then you might recognize him, especially if you're a photographer. If you are listening on a podcast platform, then you will definitely recognize his voice if you're a photographer. He was the creator of Cole's Classroom, his former business, and he has now started something new. So we're going to talk about a bit of both. But first, before we jump into that, Cole, could you just let people know a bit about yourself? Yeah, let me see. That's always such a tricky question. And first off, thanks for having me here. It's tricky because I have to try and do it in such a short amount of time. So um, I've gotten pretty good at it. Basically, let's see, it's 2021 now. I graduated with a finance degree in 2007. I was working in finance. And one day at lunch, I decided that becoming a wedding photographer would be a great idea, even though I didn't own a camera at the time. Went back to my desk taught myself photography, well, not from the desk, um, <laughs> researched the whole business idea, bought a camera, started teaching myself and, um, and started doing weddings um, about six months later, three years into doing weddings, still doing the full-time job thing. Um, I thought it would be a great idea to start helping others learn online and created Cole's Classroom. So that was the first year of Cole's Classroom was 2013. Um, I remember that first YouTube video. I still look scared out of my mind. Um, and I was scared out of my mind, by the way. You have maybe even seen it, Ariana. It was um, it was the wedding, all the equipment we take to a wedding. And um, it was so bad. I even cropped off the part of my head because the aspect ratio on video is different than on photo and what it looked like in live. You, you get the whole deal. So Cole's Classroom, we grew from zero to um, multiple seven figures in profit and um, sold that business two years ago now, almost, almost to the day, two years ago. And um, it's been a wild ride, you know, and, and, and I mean, there's so much to cover and I know we will get into it, but so much that went in from going from zero to multiple seven figure business. Um, but the best part of it, honestly, was for me, the, the, the deeper, What's the best way of saying this? The most purposeful aspect of being the founder of Cole's Classroom was the team that I was able to employ um, and, and seeing team members go from, you know, being able to buy their first houses with down payments that they had saved from Cole's Classroom money and, and just really that life-changing impact with both team members, but also um, people like yourself, members who came in paying us $49 a month to learn how to take a better photo, um, some of which, like yourself, wanted to earn money, and um, many of which 
have just blossomed into these wonderful success stories. So even being here on the show, I know you said, tell me it's an honor uh, that you had for you, but it's also an honor for me because it's, uh, you know, it's just so cool to see that change in somebody's life. So that's kind of it. Nowadays, I just, I, I balance between being a dad. We got two kids now um, and going fishing and catching fish with my dad and, um, and I also help people grow their businesses online. So right now it's kind of like a good, it's a good, life's good. Life's <laughs> well, good. It's like, it's surreal to me because the last time we chatted, it was probably around two years ago or a little bit over two years ago. I was sitting on that couch. I was talking about business strategy and just growing the business because I did want to serve others and I did want to serve at a really high capacity. So to sit down and chat about that with you. And now a couple of years later to yeah. have this conversation is yeah. amazing. Well, you know, on that note, I think it's important to acknowledge, you know, cause it's like <clears throat> the last thing I'd want anyone, whenever I do a podcast, you know, people like, Oh, Cole, you did this, you did that. And it's like, it's so easy to like, when you're the listener to think, and you're, you have the dream, you're at the dream stage it's so easy to think like, well, I'll never be able to get to that. And, and I, I was in the, I was in that same boat, like <clears throat> back when I was getting started, you know, the idea and before we quit our jobs, like, it, I mean, if I was able to get to 20 K a month, that was going to be monumental. I never thought in a million years, I would see a million dollars, let alone $400,000 a month at one point. And the point is just like what you said, Two years ago, I was here and now I'm this and this is crazy. And, and time and time again, when I look back, the, the number one thing I could tell anyone right now is you seriously, if you put in the work, but it's, you can't only put in the work, but if you put in the work um, and you work smart with the proper strategy, with the proper foundation and all that, um, it's amazing when you look back and realize what that one door or that one decision could lead to the next thing, which leads to the next. And that's exactly me in a nutshell is me making that decision <clears throat> to become a wedding photographer and then actually doing it and growing it and then making the decision to teach online and making the decision to keep going, even when it was tough. I mean, you see where that's going. So it's important for anyone listening right now to not let the, big numbers or big achievements scare you or limit your beliefs, but more, but on the contrary, show you what's possible. Absolutely. Cause I know that there was time that you were just putting value out into the world via YouTube before you ever had your first offer as right. an education platform. So there is definitely that backstory of that was one of the things that I wanted to ask is if you believed that there was ever an overnight success or is it like, you know, a three year, five year, 10 year success in the making that finally takes off. I mean, I think it depends. I mean, these days, I think the, the only real overnight success is if you put a bunch of money in bit, Bitcoin a long time ago, <laughs> which even then, I guess it's still not overnight. Um, although, you know, there's other crypto things that people are becoming overnight, you know, mega, mega dollar people. Um, I'm unfortunately not really one of them. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, you know, I mean, there was a saying, I think it's like, every overnight success, really, it, it takes 10 years to be an overnight success or something like that. And, you know, I mean, it's all relative. It's totally all relative. There's a lot of things that I think, you know, one of my strengths was kind of always doing everything myself um, early on. 
in that it it was for a variety of reasons, but it was it was mostly I think to satisfy my own curiosity to try and crack the code, you know. So it's the only thing I didn't really ever want to crack the code, and I understood conceptually, but I didn't really give a darn about trying to crack code was SEO. But everything else, email marketing, advertising, webinars, like everything about growing the business, I did myself. And, um, you know, there's good and bad things about that. But the good thing is, is you become so dynamic and so diverse. And then when you're able to hire on help, you're able to be that much more effective. And you just go into being strategist and they're the doer. But what happens is too many people they instantly go into this mode of, I need a team and I need this and I need to outsource, but they don't even know what, what, if somebody's doing good, bad or whatever. And then like a month later, they're like, why am I not making money? Well, it's because you're just, you're literally just hoping that it all goes to plan. And unfortunately, 90% of the time things don't go to plan. Yeah. I was just talking to my husband about this recently because at the very start of wealth that I was doing everything myself too. And like you said, it's good and bad. It's good because you learn the business through and through every step of it. And it means that when you outsource, you can actually guide someone about the role and what to do. But it also, as you start outsourcing, you start to value more of what you've actually learned along the way and all the skills and knowledge that you actually do have to offer. And so that is absolutely such a key point for anyone who's in that beginning phase starting out. I'm wondering what are your keys for me? It's consistency and persistence. Those have been my two keys, but for you, what are your personal keys that have been pivotal to your success or to what you've been able to achieve? You know, I think it, I think number one is agility. Like we, you know, it started with me and then it became the team, but like Cole's classroom was, is so agile. Like we would, be able to spin up ideas and test them and try them, but then instantly know, is this, is there traction here or not? And then be able to pivot. So agility for sure. Um, and I think the other thing, which is sort of the you necessary when you are doing working really fast and, and pivoting and all that stuff is to be really good at being able to pri- know where to prioritize your energy and effort. So I'm kind of an 80, 20 guy. You know, it's like where, and I have this idea when I teach my rapid scale students, you know, it's called return on your effort. So for anyone who has a finance background at all, which most people probably don't, but some probably do, you know, there's this ROE that's called return on equity. Um, But I say ROE, what's your return on your effort? And basically what that means is, you know, what, what are the things that you can do in your business that will give yield you the best return on your effort. It may not be the thing that, for example, let's talk photography. Let's say that you just want nothing more than a hundred thousand dollar a year photography business. But to get that, you're having to literally do portrait sessions, you know, every weekend, multiple sessions, a, you know, a, a day, Saturday, Sunday, whatever. Um, I don't know, but you get the idea. You're working around the clock, right. To get this. Now, conversely, what if there's somebody else who, instead of doing churn, burn, high volume, low ticket, whatever, they're going a little more boutique route and they're able to get $60,000 a year, but they only work with one client a month. That has a much higher return on your effort. And depending on you as the business owner, you at least now have the option, like, you may want the 60K with the minimal effort so you can spend 
and allocate the rest of your time hanging out with your kids where somebody else, maybe they have no kids and they're just like, I just want to grow the business and more money's better, even if it kills me. So yeah, I think agility combined with knowing exactly where to focus in the business and knowing when to kill something, meaning this isn't working. So let's stop it and try something new versus a lot of people get really stubborn, you know, and I see a lot of course creators are like, I'm going to make this course. And I'm like, cool. Did you like talk to like 20 people and get feedback? No. I'm like, good luck. And then if it's not <laughs> selling and then they're like, what's well, not selling? I'm like, well, have you talked to them? Ask people why they aren't buying? No. We'll do that first, <laughs> you know? And then the, the third thing, which totally is probably the real secret to my success was, was just metrics and knowing when to essentially go all in, in the business. You know, like when we went from, it didn't matter when we went from 130,000 in the first year to one and a half million, the next year to 3 million to four and a half and all those things, all those nonstop day in, day out, following the metrics, looking at our ad spend, looking at our membership retention, the churn, the, you name it. But within there, you can also drown in information. So you have to, once again, know where do I focus, which metrics matter the most. And then when the stars align, do you have the confidence in the data to then go all in and really grow fast? What metrics would you recommend that people focus on? I know it might differ slightly business to business, but what are some things that you would pay attention to? For which kind of business? Let's say, let's go with um, because you did the membership platform. And I know that you know that through and through. Maybe we could speak about that versus say like a service business where you're offering a one-to-one service. Yeah. Um, one-to-one's easy. So we'll hit that first, whether you're weddings <laughs> or coaching or whatever. I mean, the first, it lets, most people are going to be doing stuff with word of mouth, not ads. So that makes it easier. Really the only can, the only metric that I pay attention to is your close rate. You know, are you meeting, I mean, how many leads do you have coming in and what percentage of them are buying period. So back in the wedding photography days, like, you know, 50 to 60% is, is pretty good because if you're closing 90%, your prices are too cheap. And if you're closing 10 or 20%, then people don't want, they aren't, they aren't digging you for some reason. So, you know, I would look at um, conversion percentage from lead to customer. Um, but on anything online, you know, once again, there's two categories. If there's zero advertising and it's all word of mouth, then on membership, the only really thing that matters is retention and churn. So you need to know how many months does somebody stay on average so that you then know how much they're worth to you on average. So um, let's say that you're charging $19 a month and people love you so much that they stay on average 10 months. Some, some are two months, some are two years, whatever, 10 months. So now you know that your people are worth on average $190, 19 times 10. Why is that important? Because when you start advertising, you need to know. So, so now it's a good segue. When you start advertising, you need to know what's your cost to get a member. It might cost you, in that example, $60. For every $60 I spend, I get one member. So then, it, so then some people are going to say, but I only, it's 19 a month. Yeah, but they stay on average 10 months. You know, so then the third metric that matters is how fast are you getting your money paid back, right? So some people, they don't want to wait in that example, 3.2 months to get to break even, right? They're like, I'm only going to do it if I break even on 
at day 30. All right. Well, better write better ads then. (laughs) So, you know, but I mean, the key to our success was really, um, was my ability. In fact, it's funny because sitting here, I went through my, I'll have to show this from afar so people can't actually see it. Um, This is old data. But I mean, literally spreadsheets before we were using Stripe and software. And this was actually data that I had for um, when I was selling the business and I just rediscovered it. But I mean, we knew every single month of trials that came in, what percentage became a member, how long they stayed and all that. And um, if you want to grow fast and you're going to use ads, you need to get really good with that data stuff. Absolutely. And I have to say from a more person to person, the connection aspect that what you built with Cole's classroom was, it was, you know, I came in just to tell my story. I came in on the $1 trial membership, came into Facebook group, introduced myself and Betsy did a video response. And I think Uh, Lauren did a video video response as well. And when I got this video response as welcoming me to the group, I knew I was upgrading. There was no chance that I was going to receive that level of service. I felt like I have something to learn here. I clearly have Mm -hmm. something to to learn. So I'm going to stay. And I did. And I loved it. And that was next level, Cole. You don't normally see that. Yeah. And, you know, the cool thing about that is, and you know, what you just said, you don't normally see that. I mean, I, we really did have this idea of let's find out how to zig when others are zagging, you know, I mean, people were starting to copy us. People were starting to, you know, there, there's a, and, and it's not, it's not nothing personal. There's a gazillion photography online things anyway, but for us, it was like, okay, let's just push the envelope. And like, <clears throat> for us, it became, for me, I should say like, how can we do unscalable things at scale? Things that are high touch that nobody else is going to want to do or touch and it was tricky, to be honest, not because of us doing it. That was actually easy. Um, we had a great team. And the answer, by the way, is people. <laughs> you know, you don't do everything. You know, you just like, you have a team, do it. Um, but what was interesting is, you know, there's, you still have this, you still have the majority of people that would come in on the trial and still not ever introduce themselves, still not give a darn about the personal intro, you, you know, still do all these things. So, it became one of those head scratchers where it's like, well, geez, you know, we're doing this thing that's so epic, but then a lot of people still, is it, you know, how well is it working? Is it really worth our time? And, um, you know, I'm I'm glad to hear that that had an effect on you. And I think the answer is yes, it's worth it because there's always going to be some people that are kind of unhelpable, but then for the other ones, who may be on the fence, may be like, Hey, I'm just going to check it out. And then now they're a, a lifetime fan. So I'm glad that I'm glad that it had a, it resonated with you because it, those took a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, it made a huge impression impression on me. Cause like I said, you know, anything else, I probably would have just stayed the trial period, but yep, from yep. the moment that I got those responses, I was like, well, I'm not even going to wait until the trial period's over. I'm just going to go upgrade today. No, and that's what I did. Cool. So I'm wondering when you're building something, like I know you're building something new at the moment, um, but do you have certain intentions that go into that for what you want that community space to be like, what you want people to feel when they come into contact with you and what you've created? Great question. I mean, I think it depends. And 
I mean, and I say that it depends because Cole's classroom was a volume play. You know, we had thousands of people and the things that you're able to do in that way are different than the things I'm doing now when I'm working like pretty close to one-on-one with like 12, 15, 20 people. And there's good and bad in both that, you know, on the small group, you literally can be just you. Um, and for now it is pretty much, at least from a like coaching standpoint and it's higher tickets. So they expect that too, where, you know, but, but the sort of negative part of that is it's harder to build community because you don't have enough people. So it's like, I'm used to Cole's classroom when I would be able to post and get instant feedback from people. Hey, we're thinking about creating this product. You know, would any guys be into that? And literally that was like our research strategy. And, and I knew we could, you know, if it was crickets, you know, like, yeah, we aren't going to do that. If, if people are like, that's amazing. Yeah, I need that. Cool. Let's do that. I can't do that here. So it's more of a guessing game or even talking to people one-on-one. So like, but, but, you know, from a community building standpoint, people are universal. I mean, it is just, it's all universal. And so many people, even that I'm coaching now, they, they have memberships and they have no community with the memberships. And that's like, you're just, you're just asking for trouble. People are not going to just come in and stay because they want to keep learning. People don't wake up every day and be like, can't wait to learn something new today. But they do wake up, not everyone, but people like you, the, the achievers that you want to work with, they do wake up um, wanting to go and see what's new in the family, you know, and then, and then participating and then engaging with others and helping others. And, and that's where you get the lifelong fans, not the, so a lot of people put so much energy into the content, the content, content. It's not about the content. It's, it's, it's not at all about the content. The content is literally just the thing to get them in the front door. Yeah. And that's why the first thing that we did for any new member was go in the Facebook group and just introduce yourself and, or tell us what you're stuck with. Cause that's way easier than going and taking a course. Yeah. And I have to say for me, because I mean, you know, my level of photography then, you know, it now it's not like I had a really long way to go to be a high caliber photographer. So for me, I was able to go in and I was able to learn things. Yes, absolutely. But the most important thing for me was the community aspect. That's what kept me there. So yeah. it wasn't, oh, yeah. it wasn't the education videos in the platform. It was the community. Both yeah. were great, 100%. but it was definitely the community. Yeah. It's everyone. <laughs> it's universal. Absolutely. And, and you've, you were such an open book throughout that journey and you shared the things that you were going through. And I'm wondering if you could share a bit about the evolution, like did things about you have to change as a person to be able to achieve the success that you achieved with Cole's classroom? Or do you feel like you were more or less the same person throughout the whole journey? No, it's all the same. I mean, I'm the same right now, even, even after selling the company. Um, you know, I, I, I don't, I can't relate to people that like have to try to be humble or try to be someone that they aren't or try to, <clears throat> you know, act a certain way because I've just never been that way, you know? So, and I don't think anyone should be that way. You know, at the end of the day, you, we are in the most busiest time ever of, of online you know, noise. And, and, and I personally just cannot stand the level of people that want to, or, or think that they need to be perfect and have the perfect feed, the perfect 
post, the perfect this, the perfect that. Um, you know, and that's that's just that's just a personal decision. But but I generally think that the world needs more authenticity, um, and and it became. I didn't ever like start off Cole's classroom by doing YouTube videos and tank tops, you know, cause I, you know, the, at the same time, those people didn't know me on YouTube. Um, but then I also felt strongly about sharing things in a very easy way. So I can share often whenever I'm inspired. And, you know, as you know, firsthand in the members area, a lot of times my brain's the best in the morning. I'm at the gym in the morning and I'll jump in and, and give some information or, or I'll do a video in a tank top, right? And I sort of became known for that because <laughs> also I was shared my my journey with fitness too. So, um, no, it's always come easy to me. And and I guess my point for everyone else is like focus on being authentic um, because it'll be easier for you to also – it'll be easier for you to produce content, right? You don't have to like try as hard. But more importantly, people will be more attracted to you because you you're different because nobody is authentic these days. So, you know, you need to give people a legitimate reason to to lo- love you. Right. I almost wore a tank top right now just for good, good uh, old time's sake. But instead, I picked the, you know, our, our Cole's classroom T-shirt. I love it. No, I, I agree. I think that there's something that's so there's such a magnetism to actually being yourself and letting that be seen because that's what everyone wants. They crave the ability to actually know who they're speaking with, they're working with, who is going to be providing their services. Um, And if there's any sense of falseness, there's immediately a distrust as well. So I would agree with you. I mean, I mean, think about it this way, look at, I mean, and that's what I'm saying there. I always like to draw like real world conclusion, uh, you know, like conclusions um, that are like applicable in multiple like aspects. So Look at like reality TV. Like it started off with Survivor way back when. And then now, now people only watch reality TV pretty much. And then there's vloggers, right? People are doing like video blog, whatever, like on YouTube with millions and millions. And I'm sure now it's TikTok. I don't, I don't mess with TikTok. But the point is, is literally people cannot get enough of just literally following along with other people's lives. Keyword, yes. their lives. So it's like, if you just pay attention, that's what people want. People want reality. So then there's so much, it's sort of silly and stupid that there's so much effort to always like try and be someone you aren't or showcase in only a certain kind of way. And I mean, I think honestly, if I can make a big generalization, that's probably one of the biggest issues with creatives. Absolutely. Biggest issue with creatives. They get so damn hung up on how shit looks and it stops them from moving forward and actually producing. And, you know, if I have one kind of, if, there, if you get one takeaway from this, it's like, yeah, content's important. I don't, I, I don't like messing with social media much, but like, I'm sure everyone listening here is going to be on Insta stories and this, you know, posting and all this, make it easy for you to post like period, make it easy for you to post. Because literally, you're going to be spending all this effort for such little payoff if you always have to have your makeup done and if you always have to have the house clean and if you always have to do all these things versus just literally when you got something to share, turn on your phone and share it. 
Absolutely. And I find that it's most authentic at those moments anyway, because you're not trying to be prepared. You're not trying to get it perfect. You're just going with what's there. So I appreciate mm-hmm. that. I actually had a question come in from someone on Instagram about um, this This particular business is um, it's online and offline. It's not like a membership. It's um, it's a one-to-one service, but it's they had questions around where you can grow a following that is not just social media. There's so many people on social media and yet we still have other options outside of that. So where would you recommend people go? I mean, if it's high ticket one-on-one, I think word of mouth is still great. Like I launched my entire business with literally um, opening up a spreadsheet and writing down and looking at my phone book, my phone contacts and deciding who has ever literally, and I taught this in Cole's classroom, by the way, the same idea, like two different lists of people, um, people that you can help right now that could be a customer or people that know people. So even if they aren't interested, they'd still be happy to spread the word. And I did that. And, you know, we launched um, a $3,000 sort of group coaching thing. I say we, it was just me, um, <laughs> you know, a group coaching thing. And, and with no ads, no, no. I mean, I had like four posts on Instagram, no followers. And, um, you know, I launched and got 23 people. So I had 70 grand in the business now in the first 30 days that literally, I now have money to go and deploy into advertising and other things. So, you know, if you're charging enough to warrant kind of just boots on the ground hustle and texting and DMs and whatever you want to do, you can do that. But I think to me, you know, the, if you want to grow fast, you need advertising. So, I mean, it, some people say, well, ads are still social media. To me, it's different. You got like organic social media, then you got advertising. And, um, you know, the easiest way to say it is you have zero lever to pull to grow a business if you're relying on organic. So until you can actually advertise and do it at a profit, you don't have any real way to like, hey, that's working. Let me grow faster. Yes. And that's why I always was obsessed with really not just learning it, but, you know, it's always changing too. So it's you got to you got to embrace advertising if you want to grow fast yeah i appreciate that because i think there's so many people sitting on social media thinking that that's going to be their answer particularly when they start a business and it's just not not that alone and for me my highest conversion rates are whenever i've had a word of mouth referral like those are pretty much always going to convert for me if i've had a client who's referred someone on to me chances are they're going to convert if I have someone come in from social media who just has a question around pricing or the services, that's a lower conversion rate for me. So I tend yeah. to focus on clients I've already served and nurturing them and continuing to nurture them because I know yeah. they're amazing when it comes it really, to it, it really me. depends. It really depends on the business model though. Like, you know, and your goals, like if your goal is to make a hundred, once again, a hundred thousand dollars a year in a very like, you know, low effort way, you can totally probably just do the organic content thing. And if you're charging like, you know, respectable group coaching rates, you know, you don't need a lot of people to get there. Um, I mean, geez, you know, if you were, if you had a program, whether it's 30 days, 60 days, nine days, and it's three grand, you only need 33 people and there's your hundred grand. So conversely, if I got somebody else that I'm working with and they are, have been doing the organic hustle and they want to go to a million bucks, you ain't going to get it by, by posting on Instagram. 
Instagram and social should be used not to sell, but to build rapport and get people to love you. So, you know, you need, I mean, that's how I would use it. Um, and, and I think too many people, they get into this mindset of like more content equals more people. Not really, because the algorithms are, are designed to only show what, four or five percent of your audience anyway. So why the hell are you going to work so hard to build all these people from literally you on the hamster wheel every single day, post, 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 you know? Um, I mean, that's a horrible return on your effort. And then on top of that, Facebook and Instagram slap you more and say, well, we're only going to show it to 5% of the people anyway. Yes, I so agree. I feel like this hamster wheel of posting is more for Instagram and Facebook to have content to put out into the world. It's like yeah. we're doing the work for them, for them yeah, to have content you are. to put out in the you world, are. but it's not for our return. It's, it's kind of like the banker who gives out the mortgage and someone pays the banker back. Like that's the whole setup. So mm -hmm. I, uh, I love what you've said there. Um, I want to talk because I know we're, we're coming to kind of midway through the episode. I want to talk about lifestyle because you've mentioned already that you're not the person that's out there. Um, you didn't say it specifically, but I read it from you before. You're not the person that's going to be out there like posting in front of a Lambo or a Ferrari. And I'm wondering for you, like one, why that is. And two, what, what you value when it comes to lifestyle. Well, why that is, is because that's not who I am, you know, and even if I had the Lamborghini or Ferrari, I wouldn't be bragging about it because that's just tacky in my book and, and not, it's tacky, but it's also, um, it's not the kind of people I'd want to attract, to be honest. Um, you know, I mean, and I, it's not that I don't like nice things. It's just like, I spend my money wisely. <laughs> like, you know, like I got, I got a nice fishing boat. Cause that's, what, Cause that's what we do. You know, yeah. you know it's a hundred thousand dollar fishing boat and, and, and it costs money to go out there fishing. And I go take my dad out there almost every week and we go out there and try and catch big tuna. And that's, so we're making memories, you know? So, and it's what we enjoy doing. Um, what was the second question? Uh, I know is yeah. What is important to you in your lifestyle? Oh. You know, that's a great question. And, um, and, and I, I, I really went through, for the first time kind of ever a like soul searching period, not that I went and did anything crazy, but literally I was kind of in my head, you know, for multiple months trying to figure out what it is that makes me tick um, because I kind of lost a lot when I sold the business and I lost a lot and I didn't expect to feel things I was feeling. And it wasn't about the money and not having the money coming in anymore. That was fine. Financially, we were fine. Um, and it wasn't about, it wasn't about having a boss now because I was working, you know, with the company who acquired us shoot proof. I'm part owner of that company. So I was literally, you know, that was where all my time went and, um, but I wasn't happy. And I, and I found myself like waking up, not like truly waking up, but just going through the days and, literally just sort of like floundering, to be honest, the best way, just floundering through the days. And um, what I ended up deciding and what I ended up figuring out was I realized that I didn't realize how important it was for me to have something that was mine, that I was able to literally like cultivate. And it doesn't mean like I have to, you know, like with my new business, it's, it's mine. I'm helping people. I have, per that's what I'm meant to do. 
that's what I'm doing. So there's this, I, I was missing this like purpose. I was missing this, this uh, keeping my mind sharp. I was missing the impact. And um, I didn't ever know that was a thing during Cole's classroom because I was so focused on just grow, 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 help, help, help. Um, so yeah, what's important for me to wrap it up on that, it's like, cause I'm figuring this out. That's why I'm sort of like going slow is what's ultimately important for me is that I kind of have this well-rounded life where it's like, I do have something professionally that I'm doing to keep my mind sharp, to keep me challenged and to do things that really fire me up which right now and has always been, which is part of the reason why I ultimately sold the business was I was never meant to teach photography forever. That was just like the stepping stone into helping others grow businesses. Right. And there's nothing more impactful as cool as it is. And I know I did change a lot of lives at Colts classroom. You're probably a good example, right? Like who went from, you know, maybe making a little bit or nothing at all. And now like having much more than that, but there's nothing more impactful than if I can take somebody who, yeah, they're maybe doing okay, making a hundred grand a year online. And then suddenly I can help them see how to get to a million. Like that's kind of a big deal. So it's important that I have like one sliver of me is like professionally helping other people and doing work that I enjoy. Another sliver is um, a big sliver. Probably the biggest is family and, and, and family slash freedom, which is, I mean, a lot of days we're just hanging out here at the house, but we're still together, you know? Um, and I see, and, and we all live in the same town. So my mom and dad come and help mostly my mom, but my dad too, they'll come and help with the kids. So then Nicole and I can go on a date still have a lunch date, or we can, we don't do that as often as we should. We need to get back to that. Once the little one gets a little older, go on vacations together, all that kind of stuff. And, um, other than that, you know, I'm getting back into fitness now that sort of we're over the tail end of the COVID stuff. So, you know, I realized that mentally I'm way better when I'm in a good place and I'm working out and I'm feeling good about myself. So, and then of course, hobbies right now I'm into fishing. I used to be mountain biking. I mean, we grew up fishing, but fishing is back. So there's <laughs> sort of those four layers, you know, and you think about a pie chart and it's just a matter of like, and I think everyone should do that, by the way. Everyone needs to take inventory of their life and realize if I got the pie chart, what percentage of my time do I have allocated to each of these segments? You know, and right now, and I should say back then, Cole's Classroom was at least half of it. I mean, I, I got Cole's Classroom, honestly, pretty much on autopilot. But before that, you know, let's go back, back. We were working full-time jobs. We were doing full-time weddings and Cole's Classroom. It was all work. There was no time for anything else. My pie chart was work, work, work. Then Cole's classroom was still mostly work. But now, you know, at one point we didn't have the weddings anymore. So we had a little sliver for weekends to go and hang out. And then I had a team. Everything was optimized. It was probably more even Steven right down the middle. Now I got a sliver here, sliver here, sliver here, sliver here. So, you know, one, one last note on that is, Everyone in the beginning starts off for financial freedom. It's all financially driven, which is good. You should have financial freedom. I think that's important. <clears throat> but for anyone who's lucky enough to kind of tick that box, then it suddenly opens up purpose and impact. 
and things that even I didn't really know was that important. Yes. I'm curious. Um, I'm curious to know what it's been like for you to build your businesses while also being able to spend time with your wife and your children, because as far as I know, you pretty much built both businesses from home. Yeah. Well, Cole's classroom was before, you know, so we had Lacey in 2017. So our, yeah, most of the, like the true grind, grind, grind years was from 2013 to 2016, I would say and 17, but by 17, we had a decent team. So it is hard. I mean, it threw me for a loop with baby one, the the level of output that I could do was significantly different um, because I was still working from home. If I wanted to go get myself a remote office, which I thought about multiple times, by the way, because I, there was many, there was many days where I just wasn't getting shit done, you know? And, and when you're an entrepreneur, like that sucks too. Like it, it is hard to balance and uh, I got the most respect for any of you mothers, like way more than any of the guys, because I seriously don't know how many mothers can pull it off. But what I can say is it does drive home all the things I said earlier about return on your effort. You have to take inventory where you're spending your time and be way more efficient with your time because your time is so much more limited. So, you know, the truth is, is with rapid scale um, system and and group, it's like, I'm working a couple hours a day, which is not much. Um, And if I, if it was before kids, I'd probably be working 10 hours a day. Yes. And that's okay. It's so I think, I think where it, where ultimately my advice for anyone is design a business around your desired lifestyle. You know, don't have the $10 million business dream if you're a single mom with three kids. I'm not saying it can't be done, but you might just kill yourself and you're going to piss away a lot of really good years with your kids. So, and honestly, you don't need $10 million business. And, and, and honestly, like you can, you can have a way, you can have an awesome lifestyle with a $1 million business if it's structured correctly. You cannot have a great lifestyle if you have a $10 million business pretty much because you're going to have to have so much team. And when you have so many people and team it, anytime you're managing people, which is by the way, the hardest thing in the world to do. I, I, I love the classroom team and, and literally we had a amazing team, but there's one fact, more people equals more headaches, period. <laughs> like, like seriously, I, I'm still great friends with just about everyone. Um, would, would, would rehire them again if whenever I have the chance. But more people is always more drama and more headaches. And that's all I mean. Like you, you, can't, you can really have a nice lifestyle business and make 500 grand, a million dollars if it's structured correctly. We had a great thing up until 3 million. Meaning when I wanted to grow from 3 million on, more people, more team, more headaches, more things breaking, more tech breakage, like more customers who are unhappy, everything gets harder. What would you recommend to people who are interested in making sure that their business is a sellable asset? <clears throat> yeah. The easiest thing is the business can't rely on you. Yes. Period. It doesn't matter if your name's in it. I'm proof of that. Um, <laughs> although try not to, because if I were to do it again, I wouldn't have done that, but I didn't think I would ever build something that was 
something you could sell in the future. But, you know, the biggest and most important thing is you have to have, you have to be able to, you have to be able to use advertising for one, because that's scalable. Like nobody's going to want to buy your business if you're like, yeah, I got a great, great product and it's all word of mouth. Like, okay. Like, so you need to be able to have advertising that turns out a profit. You need to know your numbers so that you can literally tell somebody, hey, it costs me on average $2 to get a lead and they're worth $8 by one year later or whatever it is. And you need to have operationals, <laughs> operationals, <laughs> I was going to say operationally and operations. Um, you need to have operations and sales and marketing that doesn't rely on you. So Cole's Classroom is a great example where it used to be all me. And then I saw opportunity when I had really talented people that were already helping people. And I'm like, Betsy's awesome. And she's already writing tutorials. Hey, Betsy, do you want to make some products? Oh yeah. Hell yeah. Perfect. Boom. And I just kept repeating that. Then it goes to the mentorship, the mentors. Like, so there's always this evolution of it's you. And then you take a step back, you then take a step back, you then take a step back. And when you can go on vacation and the business for a week or two and the business runs nine, at least 90% without you and, and you didn't lose sales, then you're good until that happens. You probably aren't there yet, or you won't get as much money for the business as you could. Right. Well, um, I was wondering if you can tell people about what you're doing at the moment. We've spoken a lot about Cole's classroom, but now to actually speak about rapid scale group and rapid scale system. Yeah. So the company is called the rapid scale group, the program, the signature program is the rapid scale system. And essentially I'm working with online course creators and coaches um, that are selling things online already that want to triple their sales within 12 months. I mean, that's kind of like the pitch, but um the, the longer sort of thing is, you know, there's a, here's the thing. There's a lot of talented people that have good products that are on the organic hamster wheel and they're never going to be able to get off. And the reason why is when they do try ads, they aren't profitable. And the main reason why is they probably only have one product that they're trying to sell. And really the, honestly, the business itself pricing wise, um, product suite wise, there's just, it's not robust enough. There's, it's not built upon a proper foundation to allow for advertising at a profit. So rapid scale system is really meant to, um, to get you a little bit out of the business and set the business up in a way that you can actually grow it on autopilot so that you don't have to be chained to your business and be constantly posting on social. And honestly, just, you know, waking up every day, wondering when your next customer is going to come in. So that's what I'm doing. And um, the beauty is, is it's, it's, it's a very boutique kind of group coaching thing. So, you know, if you thought you got a lot of attention, my attention in Cole's classroom, well, it's literally like having me as your chief marketing officer in your business and constantly being there for 90 days with you. Um, so it's, it's, it's going good. And, um, and we're just starting to get ads going now and, you know, it, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying that. I can literally have the ability to pick and choose who I work with. And what I mean by that is it's not like, I'm like, Oh, you're a punk. I'm not gonna work with you. If you are a punk, I won't work with you, <laughs> but you know, it's like, I know, like 
I can talk to somebody and, and I'm like, okay, yes, I can help you. You're, you're in, you should be in. And other people I'm like, I can't help you. You aren't there. Do this first. So it's nice to be able to do that. And, um, and really start helping people, uh, you know, open up their brain to what's possible. Well, I'm wondering with the work that you're doing and the work that you have done, what type of legacy would you like to be leaving behind through all of that? Um, I mean, you know, I just, I just want to be remembered and, and known as, I just want to have an impact on people. You know, I just want to change more people's lives, period, period. And, and, and part of that is because it feels good. And, and, and um, I mean, that is like the best I've ever felt is when I've helped somebody have a massive result. So a lot of people, they know probably Caitlin James. This was the first sort of person that I worked with as a consultant um, when she launched her very first um, course. And um, I helped, you know, we had a goal of, she had a goal of here and I took it to here. And they used that money to go buy a lake house for the whole family that now, you know, so, so that was the kind of stuff that I, um, that's what moves me. And, and there's just nothing better than helping others in that kind of have unlocked that kind of financial freedom. And um, that's, that's, I, so that's what I'm focused on. Well, thank you for sharing that. And because this is coming out in June, which is the month of Father's Day, I also spoke to Nicole ahead of your episode. And My I Nicole. asked her, you're Nicole. Oh, interesting. <laughs> and I asked cool. her what it has been like to parent with you and to go on that journey with you. And here's what she had to say. Um, She said, from the very beginning of our journey as parents, or for that matter, trying to become parents, Cole has been my number one cheerleader and biggest support person through IVF, pregnancy, birth, and raising our two girls, our two precious girls. Cole has been and continues to be the voice of reason, keeping me grounded when things get messy. He strives to provide a life for us girls, makes us feel safe and taken care of, and he always tells me his goal is to make my life as easy as possible. What can I say? We're some lucky ladies. (laughs) Cole is a great businessman, but an even better husband and a father. And we are so happy he's ours. I'm like getting emotional reading it back to you. (laughs) I'm like, oh, wait, I'm actually getting a little teary eyed. That's great. Yeah. I mean, you know, like I said, I can't stress enough for anyone. Make the business easy for you. And, and that goes into authenticity and just be yourself. And that's where um, things just become easier. Yes. that way. Cole, where can people get in touch with you if they want to join your wait list for rapid scale system and rapid scale group? Yeah. Well, rapid scale um, I'm really starting to produce a lot of content. I'm on the content hamster wheel right now. So there's a lot of free blogs and videos on there. So I would send you there. And then from there, you can easily find the rapid scale system program. If you want to potentially work with me and, um, and if you watched and liked this episode, hey, baby, <laughs> she's not up here, baby. You want to come say hi? No. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And um, by all means, get in touch with me on, on Facebook Messenger if you watched this episode and it helped you. I always like chatting with any uh, podcast listeners. Cole, thank you so much for being here. Um, I have such gratitude for what you're able to do for me and my life and my business and the quality of our family's life because – when you impact someone, it's not just that one person, it's everyone around them. And from sitting on that couch a couple of years ago, talking to you to now, 
there's been such tremendous growth and such beautiful change in our lives. And I just wanted to thank you so much for that personally. And thank you for coming on the show. So I could even just say that directly to you and something other than a Facebook message. (laughs) Well, you know, and I'll just say you're welcome, but more importantly, thank you for, um, you know, implementing and executing and, and not just listening and never acting upon it. So that's, um, that's honestly where the magic happens for anyone in any business. No, as I like to say, people don't need more courses. You don't need more information. You need more um, access to the right mentors and execution. So I can't execute for you. So, you know, well-earned and um, make sure to keep me updated so we can see uh, where you are in another year or two. I definitely will. Thank you, Cole. All right. Thank you. So Cole mentioned the importance of finding the right mentor. And I'm actually including this in the episode. It was recorded after our meeting, but he actually had a question come in just when we got finished recording the episode that said, with so many mentorship and business programs available these days, how can one truly know which one to invest in that would be of help to one's business the most? Is there anything that one should be watching out for? So Cole was kind enough to answer. So he sent me this message. He said, get to know the person or coach and make sure that you like their teaching style. Agree with their methodology, trust their background, are they legitimate, and of course, read slash watch testimonials, reviews, reviews, reviews. Lastly, make sure you're a good fit for their program. If you're at ground zero and they are only working with people that are going from seven to eight figures, it's not a match. So that's his feedback. And I just wanted to include that in the episode because it is important and it's probably a question that many, many people have that are listening to the episode that are interested in finding mentoring or coaching, but they're just not sure what things to look out for. So thank you for the individual who submitted the question and thank you, Cole, for providing the answer. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Please feel free to leave a comment or a review to let us know what you've loved about this episode and others like it. And if you'd like to be featured on our show, or if you know of someone who would be an amazing guest, get in touch with us at info at wellfedphotography.com and mention living a life well fed in the subject line. And don't forget that you can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Well Fed Photography.